He was once like most of us. He worked to survive and chatted with his friends. In his spare time, he played sports and enjoyed himself. And so his life passed. Until the day when he felt a sharp pain in his chest. And a heart attack put an end to everything in his life on hold. His holiday plans, the job he was planning to finish in his studio, the football match he and his friends had planned to attend the following week. And yet when he left home that day, he was so sure he would be going back to it. Everyone experiences moments that might be described as difficult in their lives. Yet no matter how negative any situation may appear at first sight, no matter how unpalatable it may be to oneself, it is still filled with beauty and goodness for anyone looking at it from a Muslim perspective. Because believers know that all these perceived difficulties created by God are actually tests. And furthermore, that contrary to appearances, they are auspicious and filled with beauty. The person concerned may not be able to see anything auspicious in them, but the important thing is to have an absolute belief that everything is created for an auspicious purpose and to behave accordingly. Almost everyone has remnants of his childhood dreams, even in his later life. To graduate from school, find a good job, and make money. Although these plans may not always have developed in the way one expected or planned. An otherwise healthy person may suddenly succumb to a fatal disease or lose some physical ability in an accident. Again, a wealthy person may lose all his wealth instantly. People's reactions to such a roller coaster of experiences can vary greatly. Their reactions are good as long as events turn out favorably. Yet, when faced with the unexpected, they tend to feel disappointed and even angry. Depending on the importance they attach to these events and their ultimate outcomes, their anger may become quite severe. They may say things like, Why did all this have to happen to me? Or, where did that come from?
The fact is that an event that someone may think is most auspicious and pleasing for him may actually lead to disappointment, both in this world and the next. Or something that a person thinks may be damaging in some way and therefore avoids may actually bring with it beauty, plenty, abundance and peace. The knowledge of all this lies in the sight of God. All incidents, both those that appear evil and those that seem auspicious, take place by the will of God. Whatever God wills for anyone, that is what happens. It may be that you hate something when it is good for you, and it may be that you love something when it is bad for you. God knows, and you do not know. Nothing a person experiences in this world, from the moment he opens his eyes, is independent and apart from God. All existence, as a whole, is created by God. The only one to hold control over the universe. Nothing that happens in the universe, be it great or small, ever does so by chance. No flower opens or fades by chance. No human being is born or dies by accident. Nobody falls ill by mistake or at random. Every event is specially determined by God and takes its place in a person's life. This fact is revealed in the Qur'an. The keys of the unseen are in his possession. No one knows them but him. He knows everything in the land and sea. No leaf falls without his knowing it. There is no seed in the darkness of the earth, and nothing moist or dry which is not in a clear book. It is most important that a person understand this important truth because someone who becomes aware that everything is created within a specific destiny will be content at every moment of his life. Understanding this, an article of faith, will enable him to look on events with an auspicious eye and to comprehend the wisdom in them. The events, good or bad, that befall a person are the destiny determined for him by God. And what is more, whatever happens is also the most auspicious for him. Wealth, property and possessions are the main objective in life for most people. And these people possess a great thirst for material possessions. They use all possible means to achieve their ends, hesitating at nothing. 
In such people's eyes, wealth is a most important influence, one that expresses superiority. They feel and demonstrate great respect for the well-off. This devotion to possessions is described as the worldly appetites in the Quran. To humanity, the love of worldly appetites is painted in glowing colors, women and children, and heaped up mounds of gold and silver, and horses with fine markings, and livestock and fertile farmland. All that is merely the enjoyment of the life of this world. The best homecoming is in the presence of God. Yet such concern over possessions and wealth also brings with it terrible apprehensions. Heading the list of these is the fear of losing what one has. The fact is that a person can lose everything he owns in an earthquake, in a single moment. Or the home he saved up for over so many years may become uninhabitable as the result of a fire. All these are tests from God. Someone who lives unaware that the life of this world is a place of testing and that he is being tested by means of such events will be stunned when he suddenly loses his possessions and may even display a rebellious nature. Since people who live far removed from religious moral values look at the loss of possessions from this distorted perspective, they imagine that there is nothing good or auspicious in such an event. God reveals in the Quran that he will test people by reducing their possessions. We will test you with a certain amount of fear and hunger and loss of wealth and life and fruits. But give good news to the steadfast. Things are totally different for believers, however. First and foremost, attitudes peculiar to the society of the ignorant, such as a thirst to own or accumulate possessions, are totally absent from believers' superior moral values, because the believer has devoted his entire life to earning the approval of God. He therefore uses his possessions in the path of God and never becomes caught up in the selfish passions of earthly desires. Believers never alter their behavior in the event they lose their possessions in some way because they know that there is great wisdom and auspiciousness behind that, even if they do not know what these are at the time. Perhaps God is issuing a reminder by this means to his servants who have become caught up in the transient desires of this world. Or, he may have determined an auspicious future of which they are unaware by bestowing an even finer recompense in this world and the next on those of his servants who display patience at such a difficult time. Therefore, believers regard everything that happens to them as a reminder, seek forgiveness, and submit unconditionally to the destiny created by God. Say, nothing can happen to us 
except what God has ordained for us. He is our master. It is in God that the believers should put their trust. An illness or accident can totally change our lives. Let us consider what happens to someone who catches a severe disease. A person who catches such an illness will have to alter his entire way of life. Someone who was full of energy and worked both day and night until that point may now have to spend most of his time at home in a shuttered and antiseptic environment or in total peace and quiet. He may not be able to eat what he wants anymore. In contrast to healthy people, this individual may suffer pains, nausea, and fatigue. He may suffer a loss of strength and energy. Yet contrary to what some people imagine, this is not a negative situation. On the contrary, it is a great mercy on the person concerned. A very different picture emerges when we consider in depth the beauties that lie hidden behind sickness. Sickness reminds a person that he is helpless and in need of God. A human body that is full of health at the moment of sickness falls victim to viruses or germs too small to be seen with the naked eye. A single germ can put an end to all of a person's activities and make him unable to read, speak, walk or breathe. All this may cause a person to reconsider his devotion to the life of this world. At such moments, a thinking person will better understand his helplessness and how much he stands in need of God. Thus, someone who was arrogant and proud of his possessions when he was healthy may now become aware of this truth, which he had never properly considered before. He will better appreciate the infinite might of our Lord, the Creator of all. In sickness, a person prays more and draws closer to God. Someone who catches a severe disease will begin to reflect more on death and the hereafter. He will begin to think about death and the hereafter even more as the disease progresses. He will pray to God more frequently and more sincerely to be cured of the remorseless disease from which he suffers. His closeness to God may therefore increase. Of course, this individual must avoid ingratitude and must continue to pray with the same sincerity after being restored to health. He will thus continue to lead an auspicious, in other words, a godly life, by means of the disease he caught. 
God refers to those who are ungrateful after having turned to him in moments of difficulty in the Quran thus. When harm touches man, he calls on us, lying on his side, or sitting down, or standing up. Then, when we remove the harm from him, he carries on as if he had never called on us when the harm first touched him. In that way, we make what they have done appear good to the profligate. Through sickness, one can better understand that being healthy is a blessing from God. Some people who never suffer from illness for a long time and therefore never feel any discomfort or pain become used to these circumstances. When they do encounter a sudden illness, however, they realize that good health is a blessing from God alone. That is because one better understands the value of something when it is taken away or when one no longer has it. As the famous Islamic scholar Sayyid Nursi said, if there was no cold, heat could not be comprehended. If there was no hunger, food would afford no pleasure. If there was no sickness, no pleasure would be had from good health. Someone who is not fully submitted to God before falling ill may, thanks to that illness, now acquire these pleasing attributes. Since he has displayed patience in the face of difficulty, submitted to God and displayed a pleasing attitude, that illness may be a means whereby he receives a greater reward in the hereafter. Someone who reflects on all these things never complains when he falls ill. He praises God, thinks about God's compassion, and how his illness is the product of God's mercy and is patient. The prayer of Prophet Abraham in the face of sickness is a fine example for all believers. He who created me and guides me, he who gives me food and gives me drink, and when I am ill, it is he who heals me, he who will cause my death, then give me life. He who I sincerely hope will forgive my mistakes on the day of reckoning. My Lord, give me right judgment and unite me with the righteous. The Verbal Assaults of the Unbelievers Methods such as mockery and slander and even physical attacks 
When we examine the lives of the prophets and of the devout Muslims around them, we see that the lives of these blessed individuals were spent in struggle against unbelievers. It is at this point that we encounter one of the most striking characteristics of the prophets and the believers who followed them. Their mature behavior in the peace and submission of knowing that all the events they encountered, no matter how difficult the circumstances, actually came from God. These superior attributes, which stem from their profound belief in God, represent an excellent role model for all Muslims. Unbelievers have at all times employed tactics designed to trouble the prophets and devout believers, wear them down, and turn them back to false religions. Yet believers always acted in the certain knowledge that these ugly attacks would always be resolved in an auspicious way and that their honesty would eventually be revealed. It is emphasized in the Quran that lies and slanders that might appear to work against believers are in fact auspicious and not bad at all. This is described in the following terms in one verse by citing an incident from the time of our Prophet. May God bless him and grant him peace. There is a group of you who propagated the lie. Do not suppose it to be bad for you. Rather, it is good for you. Every one of them will incur the evil he has earned, and the one who took it on himself to amplify it will receive a terrible punishment. Societies made up of unbelievers have at all times regarded the way that the faithful follow the path of God, live by his religion, and communicate his message as a threat to their own religions. For that reason, they generally resorted to such methods as mockery and slander, as we have just seen, in order to wear believers down. When they saw that this was inadequate, they tried various other methods, such as issuing threats, imprisonment, torture, and banishment. The mistreatment to which believers were sometimes subjected during their struggle with the unbelievers is an indication of the excesses of the society of the unbelievers. Yet in return, Believers always looked on the reactions and treatments they were subjected to with an auspicious eye. We can derive great wisdom from an account of an incident which took place during the time of our Prophet. It is reported that in the incident in question, the believers assaulted by unbelievers from all sides were tested and subjected to a violent tremor. At such a troubled time, the hypocrites made up various excuses and fled, thus giving themselves away. Thanks to such a moment of difficulty, the hypocrites who had long lived concealed among the community of the believers and who had sickness in their hearts were brought out into the open. In this incident, 
the believers saw the auspicious nature of the difficulties they faced, and since they lived in accordance with God's verses, their faith was strengthened and their devotion to Him increased still further. When the believers saw the Confederates, they said, This is what God and His Messenger promised us. God and His Messenger told us the truth. It only increased them in faith and in submission. Like all the other prophets, our Prophet Muhammad, may God bless him and grant him peace, sent as a blessing to all the worlds, encountered a great many difficulties during the course of his life. With the patience and submission he displayed at such times, he represents a fine role model for all Muslims. When our Prophet left Makkah, the pagans followed with the aim of killing him. Our Prophet sought shelter in a cave to hide from them. But the pagans came up to the mouth of the cave in which the Prophet was hiding. At such a troubled time, our Prophet told the believer alongside him not to be despondent and reminded him to submit to God. If you do not help him, God did not help him when those who did not believe drove him out and there were two of them in the cave. He said to his companion, Do not be despondent. God is with us. There can be no doubt that the only reason why our prophet was not afraid and despondent and felt no doubts when his life was endangered was his trust in God and the knowledge that every event created by him is auspicious and full of good. Prophet Moses' struggle with Pharaoh clearly shows how a situation that appears to be in believers' disfavor can, by the will of God, suddenly be turned around. Pharaoh and his army set out to catch Moses and the believers who had fled with him from Egypt. The believers found themselves in front of the sea when they were spotted by Pharaoh. The words of Moses at this point are most striking. Although the sea was in front of Moses and the army of the Pharaoh behind him, he acted in the trust that help would be forthcoming from God and thus revealed his superior moral values. So they pursued them towards the east, and when the two hosts came into sight of one another, Moses' companion said, We will surely be overtaken. He said, Never. My Lord is with me, and he will guide me. One of the finest examples of events that appear to be bad for believers eventually turning out for the best is the life of Prophet Joseph 
as described in the Quran. Joseph was tested by a great many difficulties, such as his brothers throwing him down a well and abandoning him there at a young age, being slandered by the wife of the governor in whose house he lived, and thus spending a long time in a dungeon. The way that Joseph interpreted everything auspiciously and his submission to God are revealed in the Quran. Joseph said, My Lord, you have granted power to me on earth and taught me the true meaning of events. Originator of the heavens and earth, you are my friend in this world and the next. So take me as a Muslim at my death and join me to the people who are righteous. With his skill, courage, and submission in the face of the traps set for him by the unbelievers, Prophet Abraham is also a role model for believers. The unbelievers decided to respond to Abraham with violence and oppression and resorted to the terrible cruelty of throwing him into the fire. At first sight it might seem that Abraham would be burnt and killed by the multitude of unbelievers. But in the same way that death only happens if God so wills it, so fire only has the power to burn if God so wills. God, the creator of all things, commanded the fire to be cool and peaceful for Abraham and turned the snares of the unbelievers back on their own heads. We said, fire, be coolness and peace for Abraham. They desired to trap him, but we made them the losers. Believers must always exhibit a powerful submission to God in the face of troubles by taking the prophets, praised for their moral values and verses, as role models. In fact, all events that one at first imagines to be harmful are in fact tests and work to the benefit of believers. The examples we have given during the course of this film, the way believers look at these events, and the examples from the lives of the prophets, all point to a most important truth. Even though every person may think that he plans his own life, the fact is that he lives within a destiny set out by God. If you cast a brief eye over your own past experiences, you will see that whatever your age, incidents taking place over decades, in fact lasted no more than a few minutes. 
Things that you once considered so important now consist of mere fragments in your memory. Yet every word you have ever spoken during that period of time, your every attitude and every thought that has ever gone through your mind are all hidden for you in the sight of God. These facts will be fully laid before you after death, which every human being will inevitably have to face. There are only two possibilities facing a person after death. If a person has spent his life according to the moral values desired by God, then he will be rewarded with eternal salvation. If not, then with everlasting suffering. The moral values desired by God consist of a person knowing at every moment that all things come from our Lord and of giving thanks to Him under all circumstances and in all situations. The duty of a person of good conscience is always to live by the belief that there is goodness in all events. God has imparted these glad tidings to His faithful and patient servants. As for those who believe and do right actions, we will lodge them in lofty chambers in the garden, with rivers flowing under them, remaining in them timelessly, forever. How excellent is the reward of those who act, those who are steadfast and put their trust in their Lord.